What's happening, people? Welcome back to the podcast. Right, I'm hoping, even though it's a Saturday afternoon, I've had a mental work week, Monday, Friday. I've been verging on burning out every week for the last four weeks that I am on top form today because I got asked a question in my DMs the other day and it was literally, trying to think how he worded it, he just said, do you think personal trainers can impact the levels of obesity through social media content, through like TikTok and Instagram? And I read it and I was waiting on a bus to get to the gym and I sent him like four voice notes back um, and it was like proper just waffling with things that were coming out of my brain and I was like, that is actually the best question I've been asked about anything to do with personal training, PTing, the weight loss or the weight loss industry or obesity um, and obesity rates in general. That is the best question anyone or it's the, the most thought provoking question anyone has asked, has asked me in a long time and it really like I've literally been thinking about it for the last like two or three days and what my actual answer is um, and I've just made a tweet a tweet storm that sounds so I'm gonna I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna say it sounds gay right it sounds gay Um, I get free gay jokes in the post every week because my mum's gay and I've just used I said it twice so I've used two I got one I'll probably use it later today um, I'm feeling in one of those moods um, but yeah thought I'd just make it into a podcast as well so I'm about to put on Instagram as like a Twitter thing it's already on Twitter and I think I've it's just sparked some imagination and some real interest in me and I've been on Google and all that and literally sweating my tits off been reading up statistics it's probably the most research I've done for a podcast and that was an hour <laughs> don't really do research and um, before we get into this episode learn to lift there are still some spots available I've been working tire tirelessly on this it's still like it's about 70% done it's like it's the beta version you're coming into the beta version and then when would you call it the alpha the alpha version oh my god um, well I say again well I use my third Nah, um, it's pretty much almost done and it's definitely the best thing that I could ever make. I don't think anyone, apart from Michael, because he's pretty much doing very similar stuff, the way we've got it set up, I don't think anyone has a more helpful service with one-on-one support on it as well and not one-on-one support like chat support that you get if you go to fucking eBay and you're like, you try to get a refund and you, you fucking message some virtual assistant in Sri Lanka. I mean one-on-one WhatsApp support that and we speak to our clients most days. I don't think I could make a better service. So just DM me more info on Instagram and I'll send you back a video as well as just have a bit of back and forth with you. I'll send you a video of however from works. So DM me more info. And now before we get into the nitty-gritty of the podcast, very helpful if you give it a rating on Spotify. Um, if you're on YouTube, give it a wee like. If you're on Apple, write me an 800-word essay about how you love the show and me so much and help me boost my ego a wee bit and uh, that's pretty much it yeah also if you're on spotify i'm gonna put some like sort of poll or questionnaire or something because this is a pretty good topic and just if you could engage in that so i know where you're all at i'm gonna make an instagram story as well about this yeah as you can tell i'm pretty i've got fucking passionate about something for a good a good lot the first time and a good long time um so yeah let's just get into it right so 
The question, let's remember the question, can personal trainers make an impact on obesity numbers, basically the ratio of obesity and or overweight and obesity numbers, um, can we make an impact through social media content? Because a lot of PTs are blowing up on social media. Sean Casey will like to think he has a part to play in that. James Smith probably thinks he has a part to play in that as well. And they probably are right. Um, there is a lot of good personal trainers coming through that are posting good content. Um, a lot of them are hitting the algorithm. Myself, the last like for the first time in fucking four or five months, I'm growing again on social media, but I've been working my arse off. Um, so people are getting quite a lot of views, and can that impact, or is there potential to impact the obesity numbers? And first of all, right, I had a little Google at the actual overweight and obesity statistics um, of a few different countries and genuinely I knew it was bad right and you would think I would have a very like very good understanding of how bad it is but it was worse than I thought also I would just like to preface this by saying I am in no way a professor and also I couldn't think of anything worse than spending all my time reading studies. I don't actually think that's the way I can impact the world most or help people the most. Um, reading studies, I think a lot of people get too bogged down and like everything has to revolve around studies or be backed up by studies. Obviously follow the science, but then you also have to follow what you're good at. And me, sitting down researching stuff without actually just putting out content to help people, I don't think it's the best way I can help people. Um, and there's studies for everything. You can find a study to back up any of your fucking ridiculous beliefs these days. Astrology isn't real. Um, anyway, right. So, where does it put these? Oh, yeah, right. So, yeah, also, so that's why I'm going to say I don't expect this to be the most uh, science-based podcast backed by studies. Don't expect me to come out with words that you're going to have to Google. Um, that's not my style. My style is being a wee cunt from Glasgow, from a council estate that speaks slightly better than his da because he's read a few more books. That's my style. Anyway, right, let's get into the statistics. Fucking terrifying, right. So, also, I may have wrote these down wrong. I'm not looking at the st statistics, so we could be wrong from the get-go. I could have written them down wrong, considering this week on my to-do list was just the name Derek. I've obviously spoken to a Derek at some point this week, wrote it down somewhere or maybe I've just I don't know wrote down Derek to see if I can spell it so I could have written this down wrong so okay 63.8% of UK are obese or overweight so this isn't just obesity right so this is obese or overweight now before you even start and say oh but that doesn't um include people who are building muscle and like I am classes overweight because I have muscle most people aren't in the gym mate most people can't bench press 40 kilos and they're overweight, okay? Most people. There's a very slight few that the BMI statistics don't match up for. Most of them do. And if we're looking at the... If we're taking the masses in, we have to factor in the fact this is pretty accurate. It's not accurate for everyone, okay? There's outliers. Nobody gives a fuck. Anyway... In the last 18 years in the UK, it has risen from 52.9% to 64.3%. Now, 
I said 63.8% are overweight or obese. I remember looking at that going, I don't know if I just don't understand this, but basically two-thirds are overweight or obese, and it used to be about a half or 52%, okay? Um, which, mean, which means it's risen quite a lot. So that was the 1990s. I think it was 1992 or three, and in the last 18 years, it's risen fucking over 11%. Obesity itself has risen from 14.9% to 28% in the UK. That's almost double. Almost double. So that's a shit ton, mate. I don't know about you, but I can conclude if I put my science hat on. People are getting fat. That's that's a given. Um, also, I just wrote this down because I thought it was interesting. Men tend to be... Uh, more extreme than women in terms of being overweight or obese. Men, about 68.6% um, are overweight or obese. Women, 59%. I would also like to say this is all in adults, by the way, so I think that's people over 16. I didn't really look at the children's statistics. Um, the adults were that fucking terrifying that I just stayed on the adults. Um, I looked at America. 69% of adults are overweight or obese in America terrifying so that's more than the uk by quite a good chunk six percent doesn't sound a lot but when you think of how many people that is that's a lot and then this one shocked me the most right because if you're i'm getting quite a lot of people from australia listening to the podcast and um follow me on instagram or whatever because i'm living in australia so that makes sense doesn't it um i used to i was i'd look about and go fuck me people are good looking over here i feel like a fucking snail I'd go to Bondi and go, fuck, everyone's fit. Everyone is in shape. No, there's there's a lot going on here as well. 30%, uh, 67% of Australians are overweight or, or obese, right? Um, if, if I can do some maths here, apparently there's more overweight or obese people in Australia than there is in the UK. Now, obviously, there's loads of that, and also this could be wrong, by the way. Um, especially like when I was reading this, I was like, surely not. Surely, Australia hasn't got hasn't got a higher ratio of overweight and obese people. If I walk about, yes, you see people are overweight, but I swear people are the lifestyle is a lot more active over here. So I really didn't expect that. Obviously, everything I'm going to talk about will apply to Australia because. A lot of this is to do with the way the world works now, especially the Western world. Actually, not even the Western world, because when I looked at the countries that were overweight, a lot of um, the Middle East were in the highest countries as well, like Saudi Arabia and stuff. Um, so that really, really, really surprised me about Australia. Um, I really didn't expect that. But yeah, crazy amounts of overweight and obese um, people in Australia as well. That's a staggering amount. So it's a fucking big problem. Um, another conclusion of mine, obesity is a problem in the world and so is um, the overweight statistics as well. Um, right, so when I go through all of this and like my thoughts and my opinions, by the way, feel free to like comment anywhere about what you actually think because this is just literally a hypothesis. See, big word, my dad wouldn't use that word. Um, a hypothesis. Can't even say it. Fucking fuck's sake. Um, 
it's something I've been thinking about in my head for the last two or three days um, and I haven't done that much research but I've obviously been in the fitness industry for the last three years I was overweight when I was younger I've worked with a lot of people this is just something that I've came up with just in my in my brain without doing much research so let me know what you think or if anyone actually works with in clinics or anything like that with specifically I'm um, trying to clamp down on the obesity crisis then that would be interesting to hear from as well I'd love to get somebody on the podcast there's an actual um, clinician that works in that field like the obesity field that would be interesting anyway right so why has this happened it's not because people are greedier than they used to be it's not because humans are lazier than they used to be even though that may be true but it's because of the way the world works and the way human nature uh, like the way humans are built in general right this is my opinion obviously a lot of this is backed up by sheer fact as well like this will not be new new news to you but so for a start right processed foods Processed foods are way more readily available. The reason they're more readily available is because there's a higher profit margin in companies um, making processed foods. So when it's processed, they can make more of them and they can sell more of them and there's a higher profit margin. So the people making these um, will make more money. Um, it's like, for example... I can't think of an example of that. Fuck that example. We'll leave that one to another smarter person than me. Right. Sed more sedentary lifestyles. So by nature, before even COVID happened, we were moving about less. Like we are. If you if you think about even my childhood, we were about the last of the the children to be playing football. Um, and I even remember my dad saying stuff to me like there used to be like 20, 30 kids in that park across the road from where we lived playing football every night and like when he was younger there would be um, that amount in the park every night. I remember it was just me and one of my mates called Robbie, he actually owns the fucking brand I wear all the time. We used to play tennis for like five hours straight all the time and we used to play fucking free kicks. We would do, we would do penalties and free kicks down the park. But me and him were like the only ones really doing it. I played, I did start to play a lot of video games when I was younger. I didn't quite have a phone or anything. But it was start, like we were definitely more sedentary um, than the generation before us. And now this generation are way more sedentary than our generation by far. Um, and even my generation, I was fat um, all throughout my childhood. So I definitely wasn't living a healthy lifestyle then and yes you can say some of that was my own greed but how the fuck can you say I was consciously making a decision to be fat when I was nine I didn't have a clue what was going on I was just doing what I was fucking told anyway so all of this now if we're looking at the rates just now I reckon over the last like two or three years these will have increased more due to covid Um, i think working from home is one of the worst things to come out of the pandemic obviously there is again there's always there's going to be outliers to all of this like someone might have hated their office and now they get like a hybrid version where they only have to go in twice a week and they love life great for those people as a whole 
I think the whole working from home phenomena that has happened since the lockdown is bad for humans. It's bad for the way humans are geared in general, like we're social creatures. And it's also bad for your activity levels. I remember when I first, I essentially do work from home, right? I essentially do. I'm very aware of how toxic that can be if I'm not smart. For example, the last two weeks, I've worked my absolute arse off doing a lot of stuff for the Learn to Lift program. Haven't socialised a lot and I can feel it affecting my brain. And I, But I'm hyper aware of these stuffs these stuffs i'm hyper aware of these things and i know about them and i know what it does to me before because i've done it to myself before and i'm aware that i after next week i'm gonna ramp like de-ramp it not ramp it up ramp, de-ramp it down is that a thing um so that i'm socializing way more again because i'll break my fucking brain if i keep going down that route but this is what working from home is doing as well so less active less happy in general because you're not socializing outliers of some people yes but as a whole it's not good and um, we're well aware as well a lot a lot of things are more accessible uber eats wasn't a thing 15 years ago yeah you could phone a takeaway but the easier it gets to accept like access um processed foods foods that are more calorific without even having to walk to the place Obviously, this is going to affect um, the number of or the rates of people being overweight and obese, obviously. So it's not really that humans are becoming lazier or becoming greedier. The way the world is going is facilitating that. So you can't really, like obviously someone can make conscious decisions, but humans are sheep same way if you look at putin oh why am i where am i going with this if you look at putin right he's managed to get convince pretty much all of russia or most of russia that there is nazis in ukraine and that's what they're fighting for like the russians genuinely who have been interviewed um that are fighting for russia and ukraine they genuinely believe they are doing um that they're doing the human humans greater good oh my god what a sentence they're doing the humans greater good you know what i'm saying they are doing this for the greater good of humanity because there's nazis in ukraine oh my god that was a terrible fucking attempt at some english anyway you get what i'm saying it's not really the fault of the individual humans it's how we are geared as society as a whole how we're geared as a whole um right so i want to go more into human nature in general right so a lot of what i'm saying i have sort of like i would be aware of this but i read an unbelievable book called lost connections and i would say it's probably had the most impact on me out of any book i've ever read my favorite book ever is shoe dog by um phil knight and it's about the he's the guy who started nike or nike whatever one you want to go for that's my favorite book but lost connections had the biggest impact on me and it really made me understand like anxiety and depression and i know you might think oh obesity is um, a completely different topic but you tend to find that a lot of these are interlinked or there is at least um 
the same sort of things are happening like the causations are the same even though just because you're obese doesn't mean you're anxious or depressed like the reasons for getting into these scenarios can be pretty similar and um, so that's why i'm going to use a lot of the things i've read and lost connections to kind of go through what i'm talking about again with the book right i think a lot of people should read this it's the reason that so i was reading it it's basically to sum it up without summing it up so much that you don't read it because you should read it and um, it basically talks about how like materialism and corporate greed and how we are told to live our lives in order to make more people more money like as in the fucking we're striving for more all the time more and more and more we're striving for more because we are geared as humans to want more for more status more power to be to come across as more appealing to the opposite opposite sex for males there is a subconscious drive for us to acquire more things or more status or more power to appear more appealing to the opposite sex that's pretty much why males do what they do that's why we all fucking try run businesses or get in shape are like do you know what i mean that's literally what we do and if you think you aren't doing it then i'd love to hear your reason why you're trying to make more money um apart from like maybe just surviving like what is your other driving force for making more money it's usually to appeal to the opposite sex um i think a lot of people aren't honest with that or they just aren't aware of it but that's what we're driven to do just like the fucking biggest gorilla smacks his chest in the middle of the pack and he is deemed as the most powerful he gets the best pick of the women that's just how we um how we are geared or how we are i don't know made up i can't think of a smarter way to say that should stop trying to come across as smart and just accept i'm dumb as fuck um yeah this book so i was living in london at the time when i was reading it and i'd i'd made i'd started making decent money but not like amazing money or anything and i wanted to move to london just because i didn't want to live in glasgow after coming back from australia so i tried london and i'd been there for nine months i made all right money but all right money in london still means your skin and i I was just locking myself in my room every day to afford my rent and this book was talking about how a lot of anxiety and depression is to do with our lifestyle and how tech technology is changing the way we live we are becoming way more secluded like working from home and all that as well um but even in general when we chase things we um seclude ourselves from our tribes and our groups so like when you're usually in a in a group or a tribe like more with your family and you're spending more time with your friends because we are we are social creatures by nature we are way happier when we have a group or a tribe so when you're like myself when i was self-employed living in london london the least welcoming city in the world then by nature i was starting to i wasn't depressed or anxious i've been anxious before by the way like i've had pretty bad anxiety for like a year like a good few years ago so i know i wasn't either of those but i was tinkering on fucking i was like i would say i was like numb which is i suppose is a symptom of depression but i was like hadn't quite got there but i think if i kept living in london i could have easily dipped into um depression so like so i could feel it coming i could feel like 
a sort of grey cloud coming over my my head. That's the way I would explain it. Don't know if that makes sense. Let me know if that makes sense. I could just feel like my brain getting cloudy and I just was like waking up every day going, this is the same day and I have no idea how to get out of it because I was stuck in a lease and I'd also just sort of like, I'd sort of like slacked off Glasgow so much on social media. I just, I'd, I really struggled coming home from Australia. So the thought of moving back to Glasgow I also just didn't feel that nice, so I felt really stuck. I couldn't come back to Australia at that point either, so I just felt stuck. I was like, I'm trapped in this fucking awful existence where I just have to lock myself in my room and make money to afford my rent, and I can't even really do it other than that. Like, I'm just stuck. So that book really opened my eyes, um, and I realised if I came back to Glasgow, I would ha- I'd be able to have a, le- a lot less financial stress and I would be able to start like building up social groups. That's when I started the podcast. Someone said to me, the podcast doesn't socialize. And the other day I was like, I sit down and have an intense conversation, usually with someone else for two hours. I would call that socializing. I would call that actually intensified socializing. You actually ask people way more questions and get to know them way better than you would in any other scenario. So I would, I would absolutely argue against that. Right, but also we are, we're contending with billions and billions, billions and trillions of pounds being being poured into these tech companies, being poured into these food companies. Um, whether you believe in conspiracy theories or not, a lot of like people that work within the governments might have dipped their hands in certain companies that are involved in the industries I'm talking about. So we are essentially working against how humans are geared. We're working against human nature and how far technology has came to get us to this point. And we are still at the early, early stages of technology. So we have absolutely, nobody knows at all what technology is going to be like in 50 years. Think about what it was like 20 years ago, the difference is like I remember when I used to have to type nine three times on my phone to get a a why do you know what I mean that was 20 years ago and now I can podcast off of my phone it's weird do you know what I mean it's it's really really weird um but it's also human nature is also why in the weight loss industry you will buy 10 quick fixes before you'll listen to somebody like me because we're geared towards quick fixes, doing the least amount for the highest return. That's what we want. That's how our head works. Um, And our our head also wants status and power. Now, that's just a little preface for why I think the way I think about this actual question. Um, But I would like to dive into what what personal training actually involves, right? Because I myself, I have quite a few fair digs at personal trainers, but not ones that mean well. I don't have any digs at anyone that actually comes into this industry to help people. Um, I believe the ones that I have digs at, and I've met quite a lot of these people deep down. Obviously, I care about myself a ridiculous amount. I would say... 
I am I wouldn't say I'm selfish in the sense that I don't give a fuck about anyone else but I put myself first because I believe my happiness comes first and even if I was to affect other people I come first but you see a lot of personal trainers that again to the industry that are more wired to I want to make as much money as possible and I don't give a fuck what the consequences to other people are so anyone that has a good heart I don't ever have digs at personal trainers but what I want to say is I want to give you a good understanding of what it looks like to be a personal trainer so you can understand why I have quite a pessimistic view of what we as personal trainers can actually do to help the obesity crisis at all. Right, so as a personal trainer, when you decide to be a personal trainer, to work in a gym, you have to go through a course. Now, many of you know this is a shit course. Many of you have probably said, oh, you've only got a six-week course who are you to give advice well no cunt else is mate so power to the people trying to help other people even if they have a shit qualification because there's no cunt else doing it um but yeah you go through a course that's probably about one thousand to three thousand pound if anyone's looking at doing those courses choose the cheapest one they're all shite they all do fuck all maybe there's one or two that do something but if anything you're gonna have to learn on your own anyway so you may as well learn to do that as quick as possible because you're gonna be on your fucking tod um from the get-go so this course right just to give you a little bit of understanding i think i had to unlearn more than i learned so before i started doing this course because i'd struggled with my weight so much i'd listen i must have listened to like thousands of hours worth of podcasts on energy balance calories protein nutrition just in general thousands and thousands of hours not because i wanted to become a pt because i wanted to stop being fat and struggle with my weight and dying over and over again so i knew quite a lot i wasn't an expert i wasn't a fucking doctor but i knew a fair amount and i knew when i would read something because those courses are outdated they haven't changed anything they're probably still the exact same as they were in the early 2000s or the early 90s and a lot of research has came out since then um so i had to probably unlearn more than i learned when i turned up to the practical elements of the course where you literally just had to like maybe do a mock pt session um i had to show two girls in the course how to operate the leg press now the leg press one of the more intimidating machines in the gym but pretty self-explanatory when you get in it and like the fact that people who wanted to pt people didn't know how to use one of the most well-known machines in the gym tells you the type of people that were doing that course because it's not appealing it might james smith might have made it slightly appealing to become a pt but it's not a glamorous lifestyle you're it's one of one of the more risky endeavors becoming a self-employed personal trainer there is you you're up I, I don't think the market's saturated at all but i think it's there's zero support for personal trainers so it's very much a fucking go in and it's a free-for-all and do your best to get enough meat to survive that's what being a personal trainer is like in that course i'm pretty sure i'm right i'm just 
I'm going to make this assumption just thinking. So I've done two practical ones. I've done one in Preston and one in London. Um, and I don't think any of them will be PTing and making them, making money anymore. So that was like two and a half years ago. I don't, I don't think, I think I'll be the only PT that is still operating and like coaching people as their full-time job. I'm almost positive. I like looked about and I was like, or spoke to them and I, like I'm not being harsh I honestly think they're not one of them will have made it and I, anyone I speak to who is a well-established PT has similar um experiences with their course there's better ones I just picked the like one that I could do online because it was um COVID at the time it took me a while to do it because I didn't want to do the videos so I wanted to do it in person um so I don't think any of them will have Will have made it um as well as that so when you come out of um when you come out of the course and you're qualifying stuff i didn't start working in a gym straight away but i have worked in a gym so let me run you through how that works and just this is all just so you can get an understanding of personal training it's also so you can maybe em empathize with pts and when you see a good one pay them the money they deserve because or like don't fucking turn your nose up at PTs trying to make a living or they charge more than other people because because they're one of the very few that are good at their job. So when you come out with the qualification, when you go to gyms, right, you, you'll find the average gym rent will be about 500 quid, I reckon. Like if you're looking at the city centre of Glasgow, 500 pound. I luckily managed to get one that was 300 quid, but that gym is shut down. Um, so that tells you something about why I was paying that price. Um, so most operating gyms that are like financially doing well will be about 500 quid. One's in London. The reason I didn't start coaching um, in person for ages was because I moved to London and it was 800 quid and my, gym, uh, my rent was 875 quid. That's before any bills. So I was looking at just paying like almost £1,700 just on renting things, renting a place to live and renting a space in a gym. So that's why I didn't do it straight away because I was like, oh, well, I will just be forever in debt if I do that. Um, and that's also one of the reasons I moved back to Glasgow and it was also one of my ways of being able to be out and about and socialise again. Um, so yeah, that's what you're looking at. So if you go by the average, just say the average, um, I'm going to have to do some quick maths, the average you will pay for a session is maybe 30 quid if you times that by 10, 300. Like I said, they're working 30 hours, which is about the max you can do as a PT. You can't do 40 hour work weeks one on one coaching because that's you'll actually die. Um, and some people do, and I'm surprised they're still alive. You say it's 30, so you've got 300, that 900. Actually, that sounds like quite a lot of money. Right. 900 times four would be 3,600 but that's if they're doing really well so you're you're expecting someone to get um they're probably going to get about 10 15 hours at the start which is more you're looking at i don't know i can't do this math really quick anyway the fucking moral of the story is you're paying 500 quid you're going to have to outsource some other um costly things like maybe you're gonna to have to use apps and stuff like that so you're you're gonna have higher outgoings than someone that's just way higher outgoings 
than someone who's just got a job where they get paid their wages because you're going to be running a business. So it's very, very, very difficult and it's quite difficult to um, get your books filled um, and that's why 80% of PTs fail in their first year. I'm very disappointed in myself that I couldn't get the maths out my out my mouth fast enough there but because I would have loved to have just gave you an insight into like what you're looking at making as a PT and your profit margins and stuff but it just didn't come out of my head. Um, also like my gym that I was working in they wanted us to charge like when I first went in the gym owner said to me yeah so everyone in here is doing um free sessions for 60 quid um or they they do they do 60 quid for two sessions and they get the third one free and I was like I'm really blunt with stuff like that and I was like so 20 quid a session then and he was like yeah everyone's charging that I was like I can't charge that that's I'd fucking like pay to come here and pay gym rent um, that's going to mean that I'm going to struggle to make enough money to get by um, mate. so I didn't charge that um, but that's what he was trying to get every PT in there to charge so that more PTs would get more clients and get more members very flawed thinking but that was the thinking of that gym owner also the ones so gyms as well just in general they're set up to make the gym money not um help the coaches i think there's some like there's some progressive gyms where they're really involved in like co like helping the coach develop as a coach um but again they're hard to come by they're also will be uh they'll be more expensive to work in and stuff i think sorello in glasgow does something like that but i know that their rent's really expensive it's also female only but i know that their rent's really expensive but they would be a good company to work for and learn just to get better as a coach because the full thing is you get no you get taught nothing about being a good coach i'm only good at coaching form and good with nutrition because as fucking all i've thought about and done for the last like five to ten years because of my situation and just what i got interested in it's literally just a sheer interest in the subjects and a sheer interest in helping people so you're relying on a person being a good personal trainer purely off their own back purely off wanting to take the risk of running their own business which is extremely stressful with no financial backing no support no guidance proper expensive outgoings and the reality is they might need to have some savings in order to even start that's where you that's what they that's what being a personal trainer is it's not this glamorous lifestyle we just start posting on social media you do a few sessions in person then you become this online pt that lives in dubai and works off the beach on a screen that's not what happens it's a fucking shit show to start with and you'll have to work your arse off and if you want to be any good you actually need to give a fuck about people and it needs to be your genuine interest otherwise you're fucked so remember as well gyms play into the whole quick weight loss thing as well that last gym i worked in i fucking despise i can say it because i don't work in it anymore and i did really i love everyone i still speak to people that work in there but as a whole i fucking hate 
classes that have words in them that are geared towards ex people expecting to lose fat fast in them. I hate it. The, the class in there was called Flabulous and it was all about losing flab. I mean, I, I, I got asked to run them a few times and I was like, absolutely not. But gyms play into the whole quick weight, quick weight loss thing and the whole corporate greed thing as well. All of these big companies like F45, etc., they will have big billboards of people that have lost weight with really unrealistic goals of how quick they done it. Um and all these words like torch fat, burn fat and stuff. Um because they know as well all of this um plays into making them a lot more money, but not actually helping the um the overweight or obesity crisis. It actually plays more into eating disorders. Okay? So, right, as well, so a lot of people will maybe be, this is my, this is just my opinion, by the way, and I have a pretty, I don't know, pretty dark opinion about this, but you'll hear often people talking about, but it's costing the NHS or whatever um, association or company is the health organisation in your country, the NHS would be the one in the UK, people will say it's costing millions or whatever to um, to put these people in hospital when all of the um, diseases and stuff that are associated with obesity like cardiovascular disease, um, certain cancers and stuff like that, when all of those crop up which are way more likely um, when you're when you're obese it's going to cost the NHS way more and it has been costing the NHS way more um, over the years. I don't think the amount of money it costs the NHS outweighs the amount of money people are making from the way technology is advancing and from the way that we are changing the world basically with all the processed food, with all the ease of access to processed food and with all of the amount of money that is made from people being able to work from home etc even though it has millions and millions of pounds it's costing the NHS it doesn't outweigh the trillions of pounds people are making um, from changing the way we live so with the NHS in general just a few, I've got quite a lot to say on the NHS that I may as well just say. I've done a podcast with a doctor that used to work in the NHS that I'm good friends with, Yusuf. That may be interesting for people. But the NHS in general is an extremely broken system. I'm pretty sure everyone's aware of this. It's not a fucking um, outlandish thing to say or an unpopular opinion. I like, genuinely think anyone that works for the NHS is an absolute saint and when i when i've slaughtered the nhs before because they've fucked me over a few times but i haven't i haven't directly slaughtered anyone that works within the organization i have slaughtered the organization itself and the people who are destroying it from the inside um because that's what's generally happening but he was he gave me a great insight into it and he was like the nhs is so broken like the systems are so old like the way they run things is so outdated and it's so 
um, counterproductive, like just the way everything's ran. And they will pay people, and you should listen to that podcast I've done with Yusuf because it's really interesting. They will outsource companies like to pay, like they'll pay consultants to come in and tell the smartest people we have in the country, in the country, like doctors, um, surgeons, nurses, they will pay consultants to come in and tell them what is wrong with all the systems they are using. And Yusuf was like, we are aware of how broken the systems we use every single day are, but we get paid no different and we are swamped 24-7 every single day and we have no incentive or financial incentive or are we even allowed to start working on the problems that are um the problems they have with the systems they are working with um and he also he said something to me about he had he knew someone from new zealand i think they were a surgeon can't remember this is this is completely off the top of my head that he said something to do with surgeon though who i, I think he had maybe he had say he had like a background in coding or something and there was this one simple task to do with an operation that you had to input into a computer and I'd say it took him 10 clicks and he knew how to make it take one click or two clicks so that's a lot of time when you're just say he has he has a solution like that for quite a lot of the different systems and he said it took nine months for him to get that approved um or maybe even longer than that. i can't i'm butchering the story it took him like nine months just to get that approved through all the multiple different sources he had to go through and all of the yeses he had to get and all the middlemen just to get one of the simplest changes you could possibly imagine coded into the system so that things could take him a lot less time and a lot less stress so that's how broken the nhs is and i don't think that is going to change um, and I don't think there is enough money there isn't money in it to change it like there's no incentive for the government or like the Tories don't want to change how the NHS works um, so and there's no incentive for the people that work in it and they've no time they've literally no time um, as well as that I had a great insight into how the NHS works from my fiasco with my vaccine um, a lot of probably a lot of new people that haven't heard about this if you have then I'm sure you'll probably find it funny because I literally had about 300 people on my live one time just watching me lose my mind from this because I, I literally just stopped like doing any fitness content and for three weeks I just tried to understand why I was getting fucked in the arse by the NHS so I got when I moved to London I didn't change my doctors to London because as I said I wasn't sure I was going to live there I haven't been to the doctors in a long time anyway don't have don't have any reason to go to the doctors and I got two walk-in vaccines in London when I was there then I moved back home and I went to go on holiday the only reason I got the vaccine um, was to go on holiday I didn't give a, I'd already had COVID. Um, I felt like I'm a very healthy individual. I'd already had a, the Delta, probably the worst fucking variation of COVID there was. And I was all right. I did feel pretty grim, um, but I was all right. So I was like, I'm only getting it for so I can go on holiday. 
got the two two jabs moved home and then in january i was trying to go on holiday tried to get on both the scottish covid app and the english one and i wasn't able to get on either of them so i thought you know just go my doctors sort this out probably get on it in like three or four days three weeks of misery three weeks of not work no work i didn't do any work apart from try get my covid passport i just got passed around every single phone number that the nhs has created they even had a covid support helpline that didn't have a clue how to fix this problem because my um gp was registered in scotland and i got jabbed in england and apparently the nhs scotland and england are two different entities however they will happily jab you without telling you you will never get access to your passport because those two entities will never talk to each other even though you have an nhs number that is applicable in the english system because they asked me to go get my number from the doctors i got it gave them it and even though they were probably aware that was a scottish one they were like oh no jab jab you in the arm twice um thank you for your understanding and like i even went to i even went in the walk-in centers i got treated like an anti-vaxxer because i didn't want to get my booster jab because they were trying to tell me if i get my booster i would then have my two other jabs on my passport but i couldn't even get into the app and also i had people that were dming me on instagram showing me that they were in the exact same problem they went with this advice of getting the booster and then only the booster would go on their app and they still weren't allowed to go anywhere and i genuinely had four people gang round me and treat me like an anti-vaxxer because i was i was trying to explain to them if you can put a booster on the app why can you not just put my other two jabs on the app if you're happy enough to give me a booster why can't you just put the other two on instead of giving me the booster they couldn't see this logic and they just started like getting all their mates around and treating treating me like an anti-vaxxer i've never experienced anything like it covid was actually mad people lost their minds i felt like i was one of the only people that was saying because I was just looking at them going, you have all lost the plot. I can't go on holiday. I'm not anti-vax. I've been jabbed twice. Horrible. Anyway, you got to see how fucked the systems were because out of not what they the NHS England would just tell me to go to NHS Scotland. NHS Scotland would just go tell me to go there. The doctors would just tell send me to the COVID support line. COVID support line would just tell, send me another number that doesn't exist. Three weeks, I probably spent about six hours a day. Lost my fucking mind. And that just shows you what the systems they work with are actually like. I even had, I could go in my notes app on my phone because I'd basically started an investigation into how to sort this out. And I know all of the systems that they use. I've even seen them. I've had them explained to me on the phone because quite a lot of the people that work within the NHS were very helpful. Some were fucking arseholes, but I don't really blame them considering they had to deal with someone who had... Um, had three weeks and lost all their money for their holiday and had been passed around phone numbers for three weeks on the other end of the phone uh, i don't think i was that rude to men i was only rude to people if they were started fucking telling me that i'd done something wrong because i couldn't really understand what i'd done wrong because i hadn't done anything wrong anyway 
I think I'd wrote some down. Yeah. So in general, the point is that I don't think we can we can work against corporate greed or like no matter how much we try or how good our content gets or how much we get on the algorithms we are working purely out of being good humans and trying to live a good life and we are not we don't have the financial backing of these corporations um i think as well you've really got an insight into what human nature is actually like and how much like just money can actually influence money and marketing and propaganda can actually influence humans like yeah if we if personal trainers got given all the money that corporations have yeah i think we could start a very strong movement to get people in shape but when you witnessed how governments pharmaceutical companies went about covid considering obesity was one of the highest risk factors um if you had covid and it was all about getting everyone jabbed there was not there was very very little talk about maybe living healthier lifestyles actually minimal talk can't really remember much talk about that actually it was more being locked in the house i'm not a conspiracy theorist so i'm not really like oh anti like that they had a lockdown and stuff like that i also just think it's such a boring conversation now and i would rather fucking shoot myself than do any research into like if the lockdowns were necessary or anything but it was safe to say it was anti-health and anti-health and mental health um and and um pro money pro vaccine pro pharmaceutical companies making a shit ton of money off the vaccine with very very little talk about health and even since covid where's the movements for um tackling obesity since a lot of the deaths and casualties with covid would have probably been obesity related again haven't looked at statistics on that but just knowing what i know and knowing what everyone knows that obesity was a big factor and people dying from covid no big movement to um sort of tackle that um the only movements we've sort of had is jamie oliver took away our our fucking sweeties in school and i'm still raging about it he took away my muffins and i had to eat an apple in the morning every day and i was still fat thanks jamie you really helped me that's the only movements we sort of had and this is why i used like this is why i'm not against like joe wicks or anything i used to like probably just say the odd thing because i knew it would get me some views on tiktok but fucking guys like joe wicks and stuff he actually means well i've listened to him on a podcast he means well i don't think it's the i don't think he, he's ch- changing much either but he's trying um and yeah that's that's what i think about it all i don't think we can actually make a dent in it you can, humans are too easily um swayed um and if things are in front of their face on the telly on their screens on their social media apps they will be like sheep you've seen how much humans went against each other um during covid 
and the money was in the vaccines etc so that's the way everyone went because money can persuade people um what can pts do so it's not all doom and gloom and i do think the the rates can't keep going up i'd love to know like in 20 years time if they like reach an all-time high and start going down because they can't like it's not going to get to a hundred percent mate we're not all going to be obese like that's just not going to happen so i wonder when it will start actually coming down um but what so like it's not all doom and gloom what can we do now in my opinion one of the hardest lessons i've had to learn as a pt is we can only help the people who want helped and even those people who want helped they need to want help for the rest of their life or want to help themselves for the rest of their life it can't be a four-week commitment of just oh you were feeling like it for four weeks for myself for example if i took my eye off the ball for a year i would get fat it's just what happens it's just it's just how if i let if i let myself give myself too much leeway i'll fucking take that leeway and i'll get fat so you're relying on people who have the mindset of people like myself or develop the mindset shall we say because i didn't have a fucking really outrageously good mindset it's something that i've developed over years and years of just fucking doing stuff and um, but yeah you're and what we can do is we can help those people massively help those people i get messages all the time off people that have said that my content has helped them but it's only helped them it's done about 0.1 percent of the work they've done the rest they've just used me for knowledge and maybe some guidance and a little bit of accountability maybe if you're watching some of my videos it gives you a bit of accountability as well and that's all we can really aim to do is do our best put out the best content we can try to get up the algorithms try to crack the algorithms so that our videos are seen by more people without it being too clickbaity and actually putting out the wrong message because that's an easy thing to fall into you have to be careful with that like for example i shouldn't post so many videos about how like i made a video saying you shouldn't call people fat but i was literally just doing that for views so i was just getting a lot of people that just wanted to be invalidated and i don't think you should call people fat but when i make a video like that it doesn't actually help people it just gets hundreds of comments for people saying agree with this guy that don't actually want to do anything about their situation we want to help the people that want to be helped that was my aim um and i just fucking hated when i made that video i had so many people with blue hair and astro astrology lovers follow me after that that's why i bring it up um and that's why i also slag off astrology because it's all, it's not only is it a red flag and the dating sense is a red flag and the sense of a potential client um but yeah that's my thoughts i think did i write anything else oh yeah no one more point before we go from listening to a lot of podcasts recently i am um, just an overall consensus from actually putting up quite a lot of posts about not drinking the new generation that gets slaughtered gen z the ones that are on their phone too much and stuff they're drinking a lot less they're fucking doing a lot less drugs um and they are they do seem to be a lot more mindful of their lifestyle or like what it can do to their um mental health um i, I think because they're growing up with social media 
they're actually getting educated more on the consequences of it as well or educating themselves on the consequences of it whereas we were just thrown into the deep end and going oh fuck my brain's fucked now i've been on this thing for like the last 10 years without no warning of what it can do to you um so i don't think we should be too pessimistic in terms of the next generations um and maybe there is movements more towards self-care um, and I know for a fact, just me, I think one of the biggest lessons I've had in life that has made me the way I am is watching the way my mum lived life and or lives life and how that affects her and it actually being a blueprint for how not to live life, which is something I heard David Goggins say about his mum and dad and I used to not be a David Goggins fan but after reading his last book, that guy is fucking done a lot more good than bad anyway yeah let me know what your thoughts about the whole thing are or what you think is going to happen over the next few years or how personal trainers maybe can impact the rates of obesity and um, people that are overweight but i think you're wrong um and yeah if you get a good pt and they help you make progress and they're a good person i fucking appreciate that shit um that's me done i think i'll catch you in the next one